You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. And hello again, Real Presence Live listeners. Uh, Nick Medelsky, Melissa Scaccio here at St. James Coffee in Rochester, Minnesota. What a wonderful opportunity to be able to talk to young people who are excited about their faith and excited about living the, the corporal works of mercy. That was really exciting to have that kind of interview, and, and I'm glad it worked out to have them on this morning. Oh, yeah. Any opportunity to get out of school. Like, <laughs> the excitement. I was the most popular human on the planet yesterday with that, that group of kids because they're like, oh, sweet, we get to skip an hour to be on the radio. How cool. There you go. Well, uh, joining us now, as I mentioned before the break, Father Raul Silva. He's the uh, the pastor at Our Lady of Queen of Angels down in Austin. Yes. And uh, I'll let you tell us about yourself instead sure. of me trying to work yes. through it. Yes. So go ahead, Father. Okay. My name is uh, Raul Silva. I'm originally from Peru. Hmm. Um, I'm the pastor of Queen of Angels uh, Catholic Church in Austin, Minnesota. Uh, also, a few years ago, Bishop Queen, the, the Bishop of this diocese, asked me to be the vicar for Hispanic ministry in the diocese. Okay. How did you come from Peru to uh, to Rochester, to yes. Minnesota? Uh, my family is an immigrant family. Uh, they migrated many, many years ago. Um, we moved first to New Jersey, New York. I came after I finished high school in my country. My father came, oh, okay. came first. Um, oh, okay. So, yeah. uh, actually, so you were here. It's not like you became a priest in Peru no. and then... No. Okay. No. Oh, okay. So my family family immigrated to the states many years ago. Uh, I went to study at Newark, New Jersey. Actually, I was I studied there and I was ordained for the Archdiocese of Newark, New Jersey. That's where I really belong. Uh, I'm a missionary priest as well, which means I'm available to go anywhere. So after my first assignment in uh, New Jersey, uh, there was a need here in Minnesota. The bishop sent a letter to my diocese, and uh, it happened that I was available that year. So. Bishop Myers at that time he sent me here. Awesome. Yep. So are you are you part of a are part of a group? I know there's a um, yes. I can't remember. It's a neocatechumenal yes, way. Is in, that yes? In the church there is this reality called the neocatechumenal way, and I'm a vocation from that charism. Could you could you explain a little bit about that? I know some, some yeah. people are familiar, some people sure. aren't. I know. I think yeah. there's a group in uh, Owatonna as well, and then mm-hmm. I think down in, in Austin as in Austin, well. There's yes. a group too. Yes. Yes. So it's something that's happening in the diocese here, and I'm sure yes. it's in other dioceses in our yes. in our area too. Could you explain a little bit about that? Yes. Uh, I mean, in summary, the Neocatechumenal Way is a Christian initiation. You know, there is a need in the in the Catholic Church uh, where people have received sacraments, but then the need to really rediscover what we have received. Because really, a preparation for baptism in the early church took many years. You know? Yeah, three, doesn't it? I think yes. it was three years, yes. So basically, this is a Christian initiation for adults. You know, the, the best way I, I sometimes I like to explain it is, you know, that in the heart, the, the most important work that we do is to pass the faith to the children. That's why mm. we have the religious education program. Right. Well, this is similar, but for adults, you mm. know. So we follow the steps of the RCIA, and there are many, a lot of preparation and catechesis in, in between, so... Mm-hmm. So were you involved with that before uh, seminary? Uh, was that something yes, that was... Yes, actually, my family, um, in my country, you know, we are Catholics by culture, by tradition. Right, right, yeah. So I also received sacraments, but really the practice of the faith was very weak. Hmm. So one day, um, through my older sister, uh, I got involved with this charism. This was back in Peru, actually. It happened oh, okay. the year before I came to the States. Oh, there you go. So it was really providential because, um, you know, I had many family relatives that came to the States. And uh, 
Uh, so somehow, somehow this connection with this charism uh, make me look for the church here when I came here. And so that was the beginning of my vocation too. Uh, I was really surprised that I was going to answer the call of the Lord, but it, it happened. And thanks to this charism. So. Fantastic, fantastic. Um, so, um, and I know we didn't invite you on to talk about <laughs> neocatechumenal way, but I, I met some... Uh, missionaries previously from Neocatechumenal Way in northern Michigan uh, who were there briefly. And uh, so I learned a little bit about it. It's kind of interesting. Um, maybe, uh, so there's a group in Owatonna, a group in Austin. Um, how would people get involved? How do you, I mean, how does that process work? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's really... Um it begins with a series of talks in the parish. It's really like throwing the net. It's evangelization. You know, mm. the first time actually uh, John Paul II used the word new evangelization, he did it in the context of the Neocatechumenal Way because mm. at that time uh, we, were, we had gatherings of all the youth and also a lot of uh, initiative in many places around the world to evangelize mm. and reach out the far away. And, and, and people that don't practice the faith, you know, so it's like throwing the net. Mm-hmm. And so basically we invite... Uh, the, first of all, the parishioners, but also the parishioners have themselves many relatives, friends, co-workers, uh, neighbors, who maybe many of them are Catholics that they just stopped coming to church. Right. So we invite them no, to extend this invitation to this uh, series of talks in which basically we present Christianity in a very simple and existential way. Hmm. That's what happened to me, really, um, when I heard the catechism the first time. You know, Something touched me there because uh, at that time when I was young, I never... I always thought about God, I believe in God, but somehow mm-hmm. for me he was distant, you know, he's right. someone I'm going to meet at the end of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, he was there at the beginning, he, he created me, but today, what is he? <laughs> right. you know? yeah. So the Karekis really make that, uh, help me to see that God is really present, you know. We are in Easter, you know, if you hear the stories of the resurrection, you see Christ is making present, you know, that he's real and that he's here with us today in our life, you know. So that's what we do in the series of talks, you know, we try to reach out to people who are, you know, in life, if God is not there, you know, the crosses and uh, difficulties and challenges and sufferings of life can can crush us, you know, but if God is there, we can carry that, you know. And so, so basically it's an effort to bring the good news to, to our people today. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Uh, if you're just joining us now, we're speaking with uh, Father Raul Silva, mm-hmm. who's the pastor of Our Lady Queen of Angels in Austin, as well as the uh, the vicar for his Hispanic ministry mm-hmm. here in the Diocese of Winona, yes. Rochester. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about the Neocatechumenal Way, which wasn't in my notes, but once you yes. once you mentioned Newark yeah, and and the, that, yes. I said, ah, that's that's probably okay. what's going on. Okay. So I'm glad we glad yes. we got a chance yes. to talk about that. So yes. um, now we'll probably pivot to 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 the other part of your yes. responsibilities. So mm-hmm. could you tell us a little bit about what um, how how Hispanic ministry works here in the Diocese of Winona, Rochester. Yes. Uh, uh, around seven, eight years ago, Bishop Queen asked me to do this service for the diocese. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, it's true, at that time I was not looking for more responsibilities. I was already pastor of three right. parishes. Yeah, right. Who wants more than but, that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and other things. But anyway, the, the need was obvious, you know, and mm-hmm. I am Hispanic. I'm also, I have the experience of immigrating to the States. Right. And obviously, looking at the diocese, there is a big presence of Hispanics in, in this diocese. Right. And, um, yeah, huge here in Rochester as well. Yes. Yeah, we have uh, a large, large Hispanic community yes, at my church. Yes. Uh, so you can see also a large presence in Worthington and St. James. Great, yeah. St. James is actually uh, growing so much that the pastor there would like to add another Spanish mass. Oh, wow. Wow. 
Well, praise God. Yes. And so the need was obvious and real, and so, so I accepted that responsibility, and um, so I've been working in that ministry since then. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what is what is the what does the position involve? Like what what are you what are your duties? What do you coordinate? Yes. Things like that. Uh, basically, I I help the pastors, you know, in the communication and understanding of the Hispanic uh, culture and mm. language. Um, it's interesting that I, I finished my studies doing a thesis on Guadalupe. You know, the Holy uh, Guadalupe. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm I'm from Peru, so really I'm not uh, directly right, yeah. connected to the Virgin Guadalupe, but somehow by God's providence, I. Well, she's the patron saint of the Americas, right? Yes. Like, yes, yes. So all technically, us, yeah, we're all so. connected. Yes, yes. Yeah. So what I'm saying is that uh, one thing I learned, which I didn't know about the Guadalupe, is that when the Spaniards were here and the and the and the Aztecs and the Incas in the south, you know, the Virgin Mary made a big miracle, which is to bring two cultures together, you know. Right. And she did it by um, translating the faith, really, in, in a language and in the symbols that people will understand. Mm. You know, so I say that because somehow that's how I see my responsibility, you know, mm. and, my, and the service that the Lord is asking me to do, which is basically to help the pastors uh, understand the Hispanic culture and to mediate, uh, uh, to try to overcome these barriers of the language and and how the pastoral work with the Hispanics is a little different from the Americans. And so uh, basically I am there in the middle, also communicating with the Hispanics, you know, how the church in America also functions, which is, I mean, at the end it's the same church, you know, it's just uh, right. the way we, we carry our pastoral work is a little different, and how right. we move here is a little different. So Yeah, if you ever have attended a Hispanic Mass, it's a little different. Um mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Joyful, mm-hmm. like well, I yes. like. There are so many children; it's insane. Yes. Yes. Um, longer, my children yes. are like, uh, yeah. This has been an hour and forty-five minutes, <laughs> which to you, Nick, is nothing, nothing with yeah. the Ukrainian yes. Catholic Church. Yes. But uh, my kids yeah. are like, wow, there's so much, and we don't like. We're not bilingual, so you you know what's happening. But it's yes. like there's something extra happening here. I don't even know what it is, but it's, it's beautiful, <laughs> and it's just yeah. The the faith and the joy of the Hispanic community yes. Yes. is just it's inspiring. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's correct. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so, you mentioned you know the, the the way pastoral works here in the United States are different than they might be in in Hispanic countries. Could you ex- expound on that a little bit, kind of? Yes, um, just because you know yes. our listeners are familiar mostly with what the way things work here in the yes, United States, yes. so they might not understand that there's difference in the way things work, things like that. Sure. Um, yeah, I can say many examples. Um, uh, for for example, one of them would be. Um, um, you know, the, in Mexico or in, even in my country, the same thing. When you go to church, for example, you know, you you show up, you know, and then you go to look for a priest. For us, there is no, we don't have an experience in our parishes that there are offices with people working, you know, like a secretary, oh, gotcha. the yeah, education yeah. Yep. director, yeah. and all this this uh, st- structure. We are not familiar with that. So sometimes. Uh, without without realizing it, we try we skip those people. We try to look for the priest. Uh. <laughs> so some, sometimes people that work in the parish might feel a bit uh, I don't know uncomfortable. Excluded, that we skip, ex- yeah, exactly. Excluded, yeah. Which is not the intention, but it's just that how the culture we is, look yeah. at exactly. To be fair, a lot, a lot of Americans are the same way. I worked in parish <laughs> office for a year. And, Where's father? Where's father? You know. So I uh, yes. I, I think that's a pretty broad Catholic spectrum there too. So yes, yes. I appreciate that. But please yes, continue. Yes, yes. No, like that also as you mentioned to the way we worship we would like to have a in general you know more lively songs and uh 
Ted Mas is to take a little longer. Uh, they expect the uh, homily also to be a little longer as well. Um, yeah, I know. Uh, I, I laughed on the first time I watched one of the homilies. Well, not watch. Well, I was actually watching because I didn't understand what he was saying. But he had a glass of water, and I thought, oh my gosh, like how long? How long, how long is this going to be? He's, yeah, he's taking go, drinks yeah. of water. He's talking so much, and <laughs> I wish I could understand what he was saying. But it was yes. it was awesome. Yes. Um, also, the way they contribute, for example, in the parish, you know, the Hispanic will will be very generous in volunteering as well, mm. you know, and helping you in mm-hmm. fundraising, in projects in the parish. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that communication, you know, is uh, is important, yeah, and, um, and they will help you. You know, they will help you. And we have a we have a shrine to Our Lady of Guadalupe in the St. Francis Parish, and there are so many flowers all the time. And it's just so beautiful. You walk by, and it's just like it's either roses or orchids right now. There's a lot of orchids right now, and it's just like wow, we don't do that. Like that's not a normal thing for the the Anglo community to just be bringing flowers to the the shrine. So that is, I think, that's a beautiful thing. That's right. Absolutely. Well, if you're just joining us, uh, Father Raul Silva, uh, pastor at Our Lady of Angels, uh, Our Lady Queen of Angels in um, Austin, Minnesota, joining us here live at St. James Coffee in Rochester. Uh, also the vicar for Hispanic ministry here in the Diocese of Winona, Rochester. We're going to take a quick break. Uh, stay tuned with us, and we'll be sp- talking with Father Raul. Raul? <laughs> Father Raul Samora, <laughs> tripping over my words here. My apologies. Stay tuned on Real Presence Live. Live, engaging, and local, this is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. The Mustard Seed Catholic Store is South Dakota's place to purchase Catholic books, gifts, and decor. With locations in Rapid City and Sioux Falls, we are here to provide you with gifts for the Catholic occasions in your life. From baptism to First Communion, confirmation to weddings, and ordinations, we pride ourselves in having local artists share their creative talents, making rosaries, crucifixes, artwork, coffee, and books. We are located in Rapid City on Main Street in the new Diocesan Building or in Sioux Falls on Grange Avenue across from Costco. Have you ever wondered if your family's past struggles have affected you personally? I'm Father Chris Alar. You and your ancestors are all part of the body of Christ, so you should desire healing for them for the consequence of their past sins. Evidence suggests that these consequences can even be passed down through generations. Well, God does not hold you personally responsible for the sins of your ancestors. He does allow the effect of their deeds to reverberate from one generation to the next. The sins or sanctity of your family members may impact you. So learn how to break free from any sinful bonds in your life. There is hope. Please visit suicideandhope.com so I can personally pray for anyone you've lost. And to get our book, After Suicide, There's Hope for Them and You, which helps with any kind of suffering or loss, not just suicide. I promise it will help. SJ Machine, proudly named after and dedicated to St. Joseph, provides machining and induction heat treating to a variety of industries. Just as St. Joseph worked diligently to meet his family's needs, SJ Machine strives to understand and meet our customers' production needs. Prototype to production, working together towards success. SJ Machine can be reached at 701-347-0155 and are a proud supporter of the Real Presence Radio Network. You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. 
Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. And welcome back one last time, Real Presence Live listeners. Nick Medelsky, Melissa Scaccio at the one and only St. James Coffee here in Rochester, Minnesota. Looking out the front front window across the street at Pox Christie Parish, uh, the crab apples in bloom. Yeah, there's a lot of the trees are in bloom right now. It's I love beautiful. seeing the crab apples in bloom. It's a beautiful thing. I don't know, in Michigan I don't remember that as much. We had apple trees, but the crab apples are just gorgeous here. Mm-hmm. They're all over. So um, you got to watch out for the bees if you walk under them, though. Like, well, that's yeah. like, you know, yeah. you don't want to be too, they're beautiful, you don't want to be too close, though. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, so if you, you uh, are just joining us now, uh, we're speaking with Father Raul Silva. He's the pastor at Our Lady of Angels down in Austin, uh, which is where our transmitter is located in Austin, uh, technically for the, the Rochester signal here at 970 AM, um, and also the vicar for Hispanic ministry. Now, that, that title, Hispanic ministry, I think sometimes as um, people here in the States, we can kind of fall into this trap of just mm-hmm. lumping everyone from yes. South America, Central yes. America together in this one big bowl. So <laughs> how yes. does that work? I mean, yes, I mean, the, the best way I, I like to explain is that, I mean, the mission of the church is the same, you know, every every pastor is in charge of serving all the people that live in his territory. So, right. So obviously there are people from Korea or other cultures, they are mm-hmm. also under the responsibility of uh, the pastor. So basically Hispanic ministry, basically I'm helping in the in breaking that barriers of the language and the and the culture and helping the pastor understand that so it basically is the is the same mission of the church but in spanish you know uh for hispanic people uh, so i don't want people to have an idea that it's something separate no it's like a right. group on the side no these are our same brothers and sisters um that believe in christ are baptized yeah. so it's not like a them and us it's like it's yeah. not like a them and we it's like an us we're exactly. all all exactly. one mm-hmm. So what are some of the main challenges facing the pastors? I know my community, there's it's largely Hispanic as well, and um, I know we face some challenges, but what do you see um, as the challenges for the pastors in the diverse communities? Yes, here in this uh, diocese, uh, as I said, I think the main challenges is communication and understanding each other. Uh, f- for example, one, one thing that I guess we might uh, perceive is that we think that Hispanics are all the same. Right. Uh, actually... There are many countries, many nationalities, many languages too. You know, we speak about the Spanish language, but I remember uh, we do a marriage preparation in Spanish in the diocese uh, with the help of Father Luis and Father Miguel. Mm. And we rotate in different parishes to do that marriage preparation. Yeah, they just actually did that at yeah. St. Francis. I yeah. was doing yeah. the child care yeah. like, for the, yes. the people. Yes. That was wonderful. And so I remember uh, doing one of those uh, marriage preparations, and there were some two, three couples, you know, that somehow they were not kind of connected or not listening well. So. Mm. Afterwards, I realized that they were not. Their Spanish was very poor. Their first language was Mixteco, and so. Oh, okay. So people from Guatemala they have their own languages too. Right. So, yeah. so there are those uh, difficulties. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, and I guess from Brazil you'd be Portuguese, like, and it's exactly. close, but it's yes. different. Yeah. Brazil, yeah. 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 So that that's one thing, you know, to help the pastors understand. You know, it's, it's a little different to minister people from Guatemala or Salvador, right? Than from Mexico or right. from. Peru or uh, Colombia, mm. you know. Again, the culture is the same. It's just, um, you know, that sometimes the language is different. Uh, also, their customs, traditions is different. For example, in Central America, the worship of the Hispanics are more uh, leaning towards charismatic. You know, you will mm. hear more the music is more important, the sound. Uh, uh, but in Mexico, it's more their processions, their traditions, Guadalupe, you know. 
So those differences, you know, will help a lot of the pastor to, to really consider that. Mm -hmm. uh, and again, as I said um, before, um, also, um, I help the pastors basically um, understand not only the people that come to their own, own parishes, but also to help them understand that it's a big reality in their parish. For mm. example, just to give an idea about Queen of Angels, I can um, easily bring uh, 250 children to the religious education program. Very wow. easily. Now, you go to Sunday Mass, and most of them are not there. Mm. <laughs> yeah, we see that too. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. So, they are Catholics. It's just that I, I realize, for example, that many of them come from places in Mexico that uh, they are so far away from the cities or the towns oh, that have churches, yeah. mm -hmm. so they are not used to go to Sunday Mass every week. Mm. Basically, what keeps them in the faith is their traditions, their parish feast, town feast, their customs. So, so when you do, for example, when I do celebrate the Guadalupe, oof, I don't have room in the church. Right. And I'm pretty sure it's the same in Rochester, yes. in Worthington. So you, you give those hints to the pastor, you know. There are ways of reaching out to them, but also... Um, uh, ways that he needs to learn how to communicate with them, okay? Because the communication is, is key. It's mm. just a little different. So. Yeah, because we see a lot, like, First Communion is a huge deal. Mm -hmm. it, yes. the, oh, my gosh, the little Hispanic girls are so yes. cute, yes. these big, huge dresses. Yes. And then we don't see him again in faith formation until confirmation. Mm -hmm. And then that's different, too, because it's mm -hmm. not just like when you are in ninth grade, you enter confirmation. It's very different. It's when you're ready. Mm -hmm. So, like, there has been a lot mm -hmm. of work done, and Father Luis works very hard to yep. encourage yep. the families to please keep them in formation mm -hmm. so yes. that yes. Um, when I get you day one of confirmation, the last time you learned about the faith wasn't at your first communion. Mm -hmm. So, like, there's yep. there, there's yep. so much work to yes, be done exactly. with communication exactly. and stuff, yeah. and we're really hoping that mm -hmm. eventually we'll we'll yes. see a lot better yes. cohesion between yes. between yes. the uh, levels of sacraments. Yes, yeah, and from the side of the Hispanic families, for example, uh, that's a uh, work that I'm trying to um, do as much as I can. You know, which is. We cannot ex we, we Hispanic. We cannot pretend that we come to the states and the church has to be exactly as I lived at in Mexico. You know, well, yeah, obviously yeah. there are differences. Mm -hmm. You know, and for example, I say that because the importance of the language. You know, to understanding to learn English because not only will be very good for them, but but you know that children their children are studying here, and so the language that they really know well is English. Mm -hmm. Obviously, they, were, they they know Spanish, but the Spanish that the children speak are really very basic. Mm. And so, so I say that because, for example, if they are going to read the Bible in Spanish, you know, the vocabulary of the Bible is very rich, it's right. very high. Right. So they have a great difficulty to learn the the, mm. the faith in Spanish. So that's mm. why I try to help the parents understand that English, for example, older youth, their children, their main ministry for them is English, mm -hmm. you know? And so that's, that's really, that's how I, the religious education program in my parish grew immediately because that's, uh, that's, they felt connected, that's, that's the language they felt comfortable, so. Right, yeah, and I'm, and I'm sure that that's difficult too mm -hmm. uh, for parents because that's definitely a part of your, your heritage and something mm -hmm. yes. you want to pass on to your children yes. and to recognize at a certain point yep. that, you have to accept the reality, like yes, you said, and I'm yes. sure that's that's not an easy conversation yep, yep, to have. Yep. Um, so uh, we'll uh, we'll have our preview here in just a second, and then we'll hold you over, and, and hopefully mm -hmm. we can get your blessing uh, before we go off air today. Um, but uh, we'll actually toss things up to Therese a little early and uh, have her give us a preview of tomorrow's show. So uh, terrific, Therese, up in fabulous Fargo. <laughs> Could you give us the uh, preview for tomorrow's show? Sure. So on the next Real Presence Live, that's tomorrow morning from 9 to 11 a.m. Central. 
Karen Selensky, and Father John Paul Gardner will be your hosts, coming to you live from the Cathedral of the Holy Spirit in Bismarck. Bishop David Kagan from the Diocese of Bismarck will be on to discuss the importance of supporting our Catholic military. Then William Breen will share his faith journey after loss. And Mackenzie McCoy from the North Dakota Right to Life will be on to talk about how they are expanding to help more women in need. All that and much more is coming up on the next Real Presence Live. That's on Wednesday from 9 to 11 a.m. Central. Back to you. Thanks for that, Therese. An exciting show tomorrow. Uh, One thing I wanted to ask, Father, is, uh, you know, one thing that uh, we've really been doing in the church, especially after the Second Vatican Council, mm-hmm. is the laity stepping up and, and helping, right, our pastors. And um, I wanted to know what, what advice could you give to someone who, who wants to help and maybe someone who, for, for example, doesn't speak Spanish, mm-hmm. right, uh, but wants to help with, you know, helping um, mm-hmm. the Hispanic parishioners feel welcome yes. in their parish and yes. things like that. So what sort of advice could you give? Yes, I, I would say not to be uh, afraid to approach the Hispanic families. Uh, to, as you say very well, you know, the first impression when you enter the church that you would like to feel welcome, you know. And so many times the first people that we meet is the person that I'm going to be sitting in, next to me in the pew. So that's one thing. Another thing, for example, is the religious education program. As I said, there are many children and youth, and so there is always a need of catechies, you know. Mm. And so if, if they can volunteer, you know, that will be a great help because that is, that's a real need. Mm-hmm. Well, fantastic. Um, any final thoughts, Father? No, just to um, uh, thank you for the invitation. I ask you to keep us in your prayers and also all the pastors that have Hispanic ministry because they have a lot of work to do. And uh, may the Holy Spirit uh, accompany them. You know, we're in the Easter season, and you see the Apostle Paul evangelizing, reaching out. And may the Lord give them the same spirit to, to all our pastors. It is, you guys do a lot of... Uh, Father Luis just yes. always looks so tired. Like, he has so much... And the, the families love him yeah. so much. He is just absolutely yeah. beloved um, in yes. both communities at, yeah. at our church. Yeah. And, and I don't, he's never available for any... Like, he's, his calendar, I think <laughs> he wakes up yes. and then he goes to bed. And there's yes. just a full yeah. day for him with, yeah. with all of his yeah. ministry. And, yeah. yeah, just what you guys do yes. is incredible. Yeah. There are not enough of you. For for yes, all yes. of the Hispanic community yep. needs, and thank you yep. very much for yep. everything you do. Oh, thank you, thank you. Well, before we end, Father, would you offer your blessing? Sure. In the name of the Father and Son of the Holy Spirit, Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you, bless you for you sending your Son Jesus Christ. Uh, we ask that He may accompany us, give us seal to announce the gospel and to and to love, uh, love you above everything, and love especially the mission that you entrusted to us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us today, Father. Fantastic show. Thank you, all our listeners, for joining us this morning on Real Presence Live. Again, always a pleasure to join you from Rochester at St. James Coffee. Uh, Make sure to tune in tomorrow, 9 to 11 Central, for another great episode of Real Presence Live. God bless. This has been Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Real Presence Live brings you inspirational stories of faith and a look at the good and holy things happening in our local area. Weekday mornings from 9 to 11 Central. Tune in for an encore of each show beginning Saturday morning at 6. Get the podcast anytime of day or night at yourcatholicradiostation.com or on the Real Presence Radio app. And remember, you can be a part of the conversation through Facebook and Twitter. Real Presence Live, local, engaging, and live.
on the Real Presence Radio Network.